Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I believe there's a rhythm and art in everything that we do. This is my journey about how I went from being a hip hop dancing engineer to a multifamily real estate investor. If you want to learn more about how you can start investing in real estate, stay tuned to learn from multifamily real estate investors and hear how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. All right. Oh, you're frozen. You want to say you're frozen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. All right. Sounds good. Uh, we are starting now. Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Koo. This week, we are bringing back the famous Ruben Greth. If you want to hear about his story and his journey into multifamily real estate and raising capital, this is not the episode you should be listening to. Definitely go back to last week's episode because this week, we're going to be talking about actionable steps that and advice that he has for me when it comes to raising capital and if I had a large chunk of money or if I didn't have any money at all. So, or just, or just a little bit of money. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, first, first off, welcome back, Ruben. Yeah. Thanks dude. I'm actually wearing the same shirt as last week. So. Oh, are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you giving away my secrets, Ruben? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, happy to be back dude thank you for having me man super yeah, stoked to be here of course of course i guess i'm if we're gonna be going on that same boat i am also wearing the same, same <laughs> you need a shower with. dude <laughs> <laughs> haven't showered for a week i've just been grinding <laughs> hustling completely Literally. stressed out no peace or kindness in the last <laughs> awesome dude. Uh, so i mean first off let's just start off let's say i have a, a chunk of money to like lying in my closet right over here. Um, what are some of the, what's your advice on, on how we want to get started in raising capital? So let me rephrase the question to apply to myself. So that way I can come from an authentic place of where, what would I tell myself to do? And a lot of it comes from something that a lot of people don't have access to, which is a bunch of really good operators. I, I believe I have access because over the last, teen, last 18 months, I've interviewed 100 plus. And I think I know like who I like in terms of not only are they doing good business, but they're making an impact in different communities across the world, or I mean, uh, the United States. So if I had a million dollars, what would I do? I'd probably break it down into 10 to 15 different pieces and invest it and diversify it amongst a variety of multifamily and perhaps some other alternative class assets like self-storage. Maybe I might play a little bit in oil and gas. I really just got excited about a new asset class that I didn't know existed, which is note investing, distressed note investing, which I think is also a very powerful tool. So I'd probably spread it up into like 10 to 15 investments and invest like 50 grand with a bunch of different operators in a bunch of different markets. That's what I would do. So how would I meet these operators? If you know, I just go to my show and see who I've interviewed. <laughs> like, uh, they're all there. Out to them. Yeah, okay. All right. They all give their contact information at the end of the show. They're not hard to find. That is very true. That is very, very true. And LinkedIn and Facebook and all that jazz. Okay. So you would diversify your port, your portfolio. And would you ever, would you recommend like joining like a $30,000 bootcamp too? Or would you say? 
it depends. It's, it can definitely be a really good avenue for people if they don't have an in with somebody, right? It was a, it was my plan of action was to go and hire somebody for like around that range, like 30,000. I was like, I have this money. It's coming to me from a car accident. I'm going to go and pay, you know, so here's, here's my advice to the passive investor and, or the person that wants to hire a guru to become an active investor. In either case, you want to interview at least 10 of what, so it'd be 10 sponsors in one case and 10 gurus. Like you don't want to just go to one guru and then just give them your cash. Like you want to go see what the differences are between some people. Like, are they spiritual in nature? Do they have a huge track record? Let me find out the differences between them. Mm -hmm. And then when you feel comfortable, then hopefully it makes a little more sense to you feel a little bit better. You follow your intuition about who the best of those are. Same thing with the passive investor that wants to get into a multifamily or whatever it is that you resonate with type of deal. Like go interview 10 operators and then interview, hopefully if they're accessible, their investors. Now there is this thing called the private placement memorandum, which all passive investors receive. They call it private for a reason. So some people like to be private with what they do with their money. They don't want to be interviewed by some weird investor that they've never met. So you got to hmm. understand that too, right? So like some people don't want to be interviewed, but if you have access to them, try and talk to people that have already passively invested in XYZ deal, just so that you know what it feels like to invest in the deal and that make sure that they're getting their money the way, the same way that they were promised. Is it, would it be okay for me to ask some of the operators saying like, Hey, do you have any recommended yeah. passive? Yo, so yeah. you, you can. Okay. It's yeah. not a best practice or like, or not a, it's not looked frowned upon. No, okay. I think a lot, a lot of people require it. They're like, Hey, you want me to put 50 to hundred, 150 grand into your deal? And you don't want me to talk to anybody that's ever done business with you. So that's a red flag right there. But I mean, not all of their, not all of them will have investors that are willing to talk to you, but some will. Some you know? will. You'll at least find a couple. Right. And, and so if you were to bring that back to, let's say the gurus talking to their students and then um, seeing what they think about the course. And people, people want social proof. People so. want social proof. Okay. Hmm. Fair enough. I feel like when you have a lot of money, it's a little bit easier to, to try and get started as there's a little bit more opportunities. But now let's let's change the the situation and say, hey, I have very, very little capital even to invest passively. Uh, what are your recommendations on how I should get started in, um, let's say I wanted to be a capital raiser? That's a little... So if you wanted to be a capital raiser... The number one thing that I can say is go build a huge network and don't have any expectations of anything other than just making a bunch of friends in the space. So one of the best ways to do that, and I'm not sure that it's something that's talked about frequently, but is to start a thought leadership platform or, or a podcast, right? Because now you have access to these people that you can interview for an hour and they get exposure. So they get something into it, but it's just, it's a different level of relationship building. When you're interviewing somebody on a podcast, you connect with them differently than if you just get them on a phone call and ask them a bunch of questions. It's just, mm. it's, it's, it's stronger. It's more powerful. So if you are looking to start a podcast for the purpose of 
getting passive investors or something like that. It's very different than if you are starting a podcast for the purpose of connecting with operators and learning their best secrets and allows you to connect with them at a different level because there's no hidden agenda, right? So do you think you can, or do you think you can organically do both? Yeah, you can. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm the best at giving that advice. It just requires a different level of planning, which I'm not good at planning. I'm good at doing. Mm. So I figure it out. I jump off the cliff and grow my wings on the way down, which some people are just, they're not of that style, but that has worked for me. So, you know, you got to figure out what works up, what works best for you. Okay. Now uh, building these passive, uh, let's say, let's say I wanted to build a, a huge database of just passive investors that are ready to invest. Uh, do you usually like walk them through a deal? Like do you set up formal meetings or is it just pretty casual? Um, do you get soft commits? Like what does that process look like? Yeah. So some people are very good at creating limited partner relationships mm-hmm. and they have strategies for doing that. And they have a network, particularly people in Silicon Valley that work with a bunch of people that have a bunch of money that don't know anything about investing. I'm not that person. So like I'm the person that likes to connect with people that may want to do business with me. And a lot of those people have databases already. It's a different style of capital raise. It's the co-GP or co-syndication model is my preferred method because for me, it's the least, it's the least resistant path to get access to investors and it's faster, right? Otherwise you have to go through this process of going through this no like and trust phase and getting people to see you and build that sales funnel so that you get the maximum exposure. And then that takes a lot of time. It's a great method, but you have to have some kind of a marketing machine so that people can know you because they can never like or trust you if they don't see you or know you. So that's, that becomes another distinct question. Like how do I get, a lot of people focus on like, how do I convert, you know, instead of one out of 10 investors to how do I get them to two out of 10 investors? And really what their focus should be is like, how do I get in front of 10,000 people? If you're building the limited partner database, the idea is to build the network as fast, as huge as possible. So that way you can get the exposure that will allow you to connect with people. You know, you don't have to convert as many of them. You just have to connect with a few of them because so many of them are within your reach. So if I had zero experience then, and I'm trying to talk to these passive investors, any tips on, or is it like any, any tips on, on how to convert them over and let's say, and yeah, and let's, and let's say have them invest with me in a deal. Converting. It's a time thing. Honestly, I think the, the better question is like, how do I connect with them, right? So that's a pretty easy answer in itself. It's just like, be yourself, be authentic, be be funny. Or So like I had this doctor that I was talking to the other day and he's like, oh, you know, like I have a podcast, I interview physicians. Like I want to talk to as many physicians as possible. I can see this, you know, like he had this agenda, right? That he wanted to create. I'm like, well, tell me this, dude. Like if you were in a room full of physicians, like, and you wanted to go hang out with some of them and become friends with them to the point where you invited them in your home and you went skiing or did some kind of fun activity with them. Like what kind of qualities in those positions would you want for you to go hang out with them? And he's like, oh, I'd want them to be positive. 
I'd want them to be funny. I'm like, well, there you go. You just identified your ideal avatar. Go be mm -hmm. like, if you're on LinkedIn or some social media, be positive and be funny and you will attract people that are positive and funny. Like energy attracts like energy. So just, you know, so be really go through, go through that engineering process yourself, like find out what kind of people you would like to hang out with and then go find them. Hmm. So there's a lot of power just in, in authenticity and just being genuine. And even, even though I am starting out, just being able to have that conversation about what I'm interested in and, and putting out, let's say I like hip hop dancing, like people that are also into hip hop dancing per se. Very possibly. It, it yeah. could work. Could work. The, the possibilities. Okay. Now, um, what are some of the more common questions that you've received when talking to passive investors? Uh, so what I see a lot is what is communication going to look like? What does it feel like to be in a deal with you? When do I receive my distributions? When do I get quarterly reports? I think that's what a lot of people are. Once they've already gotten to know, like, and trust you, then they have to know, like, and trust you in the deal. So there's the first level of trust, and then there's the second level. First, they have to trust you as a person, as a genuine dude. And then they have to trust that you know what you're doing in the deal. So in order for them to trust you in the deal, they have to know what it feels like to be an investor in your deal which requires another level of breaking down what that feels like, what that looks like when they're going to get communicated with. And that's not too complicated once you've achieved the first level of trust, because at that point, a lot of times they just believe in you and, and, you know, hopefully they'll read all their documents, but in most cases I see that that doesn't really happen. They just sign, they just give you their money. Hmm. For most operators I've talked to, that's what their experience is like. Hey, next time you get a deal, count me in for a hundred grand. I don't even need to see what the deal is. Wow. And that's where that trust comes, comes yeah. into play. What, what came to my mind is I first needed to find those operators first and leverage my op, the operators. Full blown. Yeah. Okay. Full blown. You want to ride the coattails of somebody who's already done it before you. Ride the coattails. So find those operators and have them trust me to, to raise capital. And then once I figure out their process, when they're doing these quarter, when the, they're doing their distributions, what it's like, and even, even talking to their investors, then I can start to talk more with other passive investors and other potential investors. Yeah. You're missing the piece of you become somebody that the, that the operator wants to do business or wants to incorporate into their business. Right. So you have to be able to sell yourself as somebody that can add value, perhaps through raising capital. And obviously you have to follow SEC guidelines and regulations and do ongoing duties. But for most operators, I think that they would have some kind of a matrix of duties that you could participate in, whether it's, you know, raising the equity, talking to the lender, doing some kind of underwriting, doing some other ongoing duties, investor relations, XYZ, lowering the expenses, bringing some kind of value, finding cheaper materials than they have access to. You have to find your way into their organization by doing something that they don't have and having the confidence of yourself that you can provide it and be able to sell yourself. So you have to get through that hurdle before you can ever you know, have access to their deals to sell to somebody else. 
Mm. So you have to sell yourself and, and really just have the operators trust you first. Yeah, uh, baby. Because I mean, something I always hear too, <laughs> something I always hear too is that, you know, always add value, add value, add value. And, and I was talking to this other guy and he said mm-hmm. that people just come up to me and say like, Hey, yeah. I want to raise capital for you. It happens. But, but then they're like, I don't even know who you are. Uh, like, why would I yeah. want to trust you with? So it happens, uh-huh. happens, happens to me. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. So some of the, some, you get some, I mean, most people have some kind of experience, but some people are just like, Hey, yeah, I raise capital. I get paid 3%. And I'm like, well, do you have a securities license or do you have some kind of, you know, license to sell securities? And they're like, no, I've never needed that before. <laughs> I automatically know that there's something fishy at that point. Yeah. Right. So any, so essentially just get educated and try and figure out what I'm good at. Yeah. So here's the path that I would take if I were you is like, I would join, join some kind of inexpensive mentorship kind of platform, you know, like, like you go to a, a conference where you have access to 300 other people and then start networking within those people to see who else is coming up. Right. And align with them and see if you can find somebody that you can potentially partner with and like exchange ideas with, so that way, you know, you already know that they're in the, in, you know, they have an interest of becoming a multifamily investor. You also have an interest in becoming a multifamily investor. You align, you share some ideas, you potentially put something together. The idea is to have those types of friends, as many as possible, to see who you resonate with the most. And then from there, it's not just you trying to align with an operator. It's like now it's like you and one other dude. And like, maybe they have some additional skill sets and they can help bridge the gap a little faster. Mm, Okay. Find up and coming syndicators, connect with them, whether it's conference. I was thinking of joining like some masterminds too. Um, Okay. Sounds good. You know, I'm trying to think if if I have any other questions, but I really don't have any other questions from my end. You you answered all my questions. So I I mean, thank you for coming back for for, for the second week. I mean, any questions you have for me? (laughs) (laughs) You want to quiz me or something? (laughs) I don't don't know, man. So it's, it's, it's different. It's different when I'm on you know, in the other person's chair where I'm sitting here getting asked, I don't really think about what I'm going to ask people. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, no, with, thank you so much for coming. Oh, wait. Okay. Sorry. One last question. One last Fair question. Worst practice when going to a networking event. What's the worst way you can approach somebody? So number one, there's, what event are you going to? Is it an event where everybody's looking for capital from real estate people and everybody in the room is all real estate? Or are you going to a place where you're the only real estate dude there? So like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to meet partner. Let's say I'm trying to meet uh, other GPs, uh, people that I can partner up with. So, well, I mean, just good. I mean, what's the, what, what's the question? Worst what's the worst, worst way practices worst worst way you can go up to somebody and say uh and, and connect with them i guess there's a lot of ways hey your shoes suck hey your your fits whack no so like a, re- a really good approach would be to not have an agenda 
right? Like I'm here to meet somebody that I'm going to force to be my partner or something like that. But just go from a place of humility, like, hey, I'm trying to kind of experience what's going on. And maybe, maybe some, maybe I'll make the right connection. And maybe mm -hmm. I have a knowing, maybe I have some kind of thing inside me that's going to put me in the right place so I can talk to the right person at the right time. And having that belief is the way to go. But when you have some kind of agenda, it's really hard to let yourself be guided because you're so focused that the stuff in your brain, your conscious, your ego is, has, just wants you to do something that the inside of you doesn't really mm -hmm. care about. Right. So when you can tune into what's going on inside, you'll naturally be drawn to the places where you can contribute or make friends or, you know, things can happen very magically when you approach life that way. Hmm. I love that. I, th I think that's a great way to, to end. Very it's good. just go into it in, in a very chill, calm manner with no agenda and just make friends like you were saying. Awesome. Thank you again so much, Ruben, for coming back for, blast. for this, for the multifamily artist podcast. Uh, again, where can people find you if in case they want to get in contact with you? Capitalraisershow.com, Bakerson.com. On LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, my handle is at Capital Razor. At Capital Razor. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ruben. Have a great rest of your night. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Drive safe or wherever you're listening to this. Have a good one. You too, brother. Thanks for having me on. Peace out. Peace, Peace out. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for listening to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. If you got any value out of this episode, I'd greatly appreciate if you head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review the show, which will help more people receive that same value. If you're looking to connect and talk more about multifamily real estate, you can reach me at inrhythmmultifamily.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.